welcome to the Monday Morning Pastor. Uh, Bob, how you doing, man? It's been a while. It has been. Uh, I'm doing well. As we talk today, it is uh, it is actually a Monday, which is great to record this on a Monday, knowing it will be heard on a Monday. So kind of coming out of a busy weekend. It was Super Bowl weekend this yes. weekend. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure when this podcast will go out, but uh, no spoilers, so I won't tell you who won. Uh, just wait. No, that's that's not how it works, is it? <laughs> did you, did this, is the time machine working, Bob? Did you finally figure it out? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's beginning to look a little bit like spring here in Boise, and today was the first day I've kind of started to feel the twinges of allergies. Mm. So I know we're coming out of we're coming out of winter, and that makes me happy. Yeah. Yes. How are things in uh now you are actually fairly close to uh Philadelphia. Yes. So did you did how was the Super Bowl for you emotionally speaking? Oh, how did man. that go? That's a that's a hard question. Well, if you if we were to put on sports talk radio right now, you would think the world is ending. Um in many <laughs> in many ways. It's almost like if you want to uh, do some work on pastoral care and you're just looking for some really good opportunities to hone your skills, think about becoming a sports talk host in Philadelphia on the day after wow. the, the blown Super Bowl of 2022-23 season. Oh yeah, it's it's been kind of epic. Uh, I don't, you know what? I, I got to watch a really good football game. Uh, I was excited about that. It's... Uh, Back in the years of my youth ministry days, it was almost a given that we were going to have to watch the Super Bowl with a bunch of kids. And so as soon as I left Super Bowl or youth ministry world, I have watched yeah. every Super Bowl with my favorite person in the world, which is Mayor, my wife. And yeah, we got to watch a good game. Uh, we could talk about the, the call uh, in the fourth <laughs> quarter that seemed a little bit weak, but at the same time, I just think... I saw Andy Reid at probably the best coached game I've ever seen him coach. And we watched a lot of Andy Reid being a, you know, back when he was here in Philly, but, but it was just, it was a fun game to watch. I mean, honestly, I, I don't think you can take anything away from either team. Yeah. I think our defense struggled a bit. Uh, I think it was just a game where in my opinion, the offensive line of Kansas city was just, I mean, they could run the ball over us and that, that, that was a real big part of the game, but, I digress. Now, I'm I'm not a sports ball guy, yeah. but uh, I believe Andy Reid is the Wilford Brimley lookalike that was coaching <laughs> Kansas City, yes. the, the Quaker Oats guy. Yes. Okay, that All is right. correct. Yes. Now, here's what here's what's interesting to me. Just knowing, kind of, uh, just a little bit about the culture of Philly. It was like whether whether the Eagles won or lost, like things were going to get crazy in the city. Yeah. Like they were either going to tear things up out of celebration or tear things up out of sorrow and, yeah, <laughs> and gnashing their teeth. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that's, I think that's about right. I saw something on the Babylon B it said Philadelphia, Philadelphians preemptively burned city down in preparation for winning or losing Super Bowl, And, uh, <laughs> and I thought to myself, exactly. I was like, that's about right. Um, actually before the game, apparently, uh, our, our local news station talked about, there was a car flipped over in, in excitement and anticipation before the game. I don't know about you, but when I get excited and, and I'm anticipating something, 
I just want to flip over cars. Like there's something in me really? that just says, huh. let's go flip over a car. No, dude, that's crazy. I, like I, who, who flips over cars? <laughs> like it's just, apparently people from around the Philadelphia it's area. It's true. It's, yes. it's in your DNA, Doug. It's it, in I your guess, DNA. I guess uh, it was. Yeah. But anyways, it's, it sounds like even today, listening to the radio. So I love listening to the radio on wind days and lost days, just because it's a Monday morning ritual that I have. I just like to hear how, how Philadelphia, how the emotional state of Philadelphia is doing. And it was interesting today. People were frustrated, but also it seemed like they were more encouraged than discouraged, which I was a little bit surprised about. I thought it would be fire the whole team, you know, rebuild, start over. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess I'm just blessed to grow up in a passionate city. <laughs> yeah, it, and passion is the right word because, you know, there's a, there's a lot of teams, there's a lot of cities where, like, whether they won or lost the city's emotional regulation, you know, they, they'd be a little bit up if they won, you know, but they wouldn't be out, like, flipping cars and burning stuff. Right. Uh, you know, there's There's an emotional connection between certain cities and people and and their teams and yeah i wonder what that is and maybe more to the point for our conversation today i wonder if there's anything that god gets that emotionally like um in touch with like what is well yeah does does god does he feel that that same sense of emotion about uh, uh, hopefully more important things than who wins or loses. <laughs> He's like, quick angels, go grease the poles. It looks like the Eagles are going to win this one. coming down. Yeah, but I, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. it's like clearly that there's a, there's there's a reflection in humanity yes. that, that we we have these emotions. We get so excited about things. We we get so sorrowful about things. But I'm just wondering. Yeah, what is it that 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 brings out that same response in God, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and I, I, uh, first of all, Bob, that's a great question. And I think there's so much about how we experience emotions. I, I do think if, if we experience those emotions, that has to be part of the Imago day, correct? Like there has to be, God has to have some kind of emotional language and emotions. He's not just this, this, uh, this, this piece of rock or this piece of wood, but he's, he's alive and active. Yeah. So I, I think it's a real challenge. I think some of it is, I appreciate a lot of the artwork that I've seen over the years, you know, from uh, medieval art to, uh, you know, to art, you know, Renaissance art, just moving forward of just how, you know, we've seen most of the pictures of, of Jesus or of God of just like very stoic, you know, not, not mm. a lot of passion, just sort of a deadpan. And yeah, I think one of the most, and I think that can be kind of damaging to uh, our, our spiritual formation because it's hard to picture Jesus excited or it's hard, it, yeah. you know, and I think that's just the question is, can I picture Jesus excited? Can I picture mm. Jesus sorrowful? Um, can I picture him laughing? Can I picture him yeah. playing and having fun? Can I picture him in a very serious conversation? And I think, I think it's, yeah, I, I come back to, you know, Willard, as he talks about emotions make incredible servants and terrible men. Mm. How do we allow our emotional life to, to honor God? And how do we see that as a way where God's actually meeting us? In? 
Yeah. 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 That's, that's why I love, like, I don't know if you've seen the chosen at all. And, uh, whenever I bring it up, I always have to, I always have to preface it with, now I'm not one of those guys that usually recommends Christian TV or movies because most of them are seem to be subpar. But the thing that I love about it is in contrast to most of that art, even art that tries to depict like smiling Jesus, which I don't know if you've seen that painting, but yes. it always kind of creeped me out a little bit, a little too Kenny Loggins or something. <laughs> but uh, the Jesus depicted in The Chosen, it's like he runs the gamut of emotions and it's, and you believe them, you believe them all, you know? Um, there's something emotionally informed in the performance and it makes me think about yeah, Jesus would have laughed. He would have joked around with his disciples. He would have felt sorrow in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I think brings us to the most important part of our conversation today. That's the Super Bowl ads, right? Uh, but sorry, I'm like, we're moving from a real deep spot. spot. But, but honestly, I think the connective point here is I love yeah. those. I love those. He gets us. Uh, you know, yeah. things that, that have been, that have been, that have been shown throughout the game and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, to see, to see those images of people very angry with one another, and then to be reminded that Jesus calls mm. us to love our enemies and that Jesus loved his mm. enemies. It's, I don't know. It just, it really changes this idea of our emotions or these things that we're just supposed to let rule us to, to, to realize that they're actually these great opportunities for discipleship and to move us into, yeah deeper relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, but I think, I think that's what I'm excited about this conversation. It's, I, I love that we're kicking off a season um, talking about the emotions of God, uh, which is a book mm -hmm. that David Lamb uh, wrote uh, just very recently. And David was a professor of mine and uh, he is also um, the Dean at Missio Seminary here in Philadelphia. Um, but I think this is such an important topic for pastors and even just learning how to have emotional language and how to learn to get comfortable with those, with this, with, mm. with the emotions of God. How do we get comfortable reading through Psalms? How do we not yeah. just skip through the, you know, the sad ones and go straight to the happy ones? And I, mm. I just think it, it's such an important, important thing for us to become comfortable with. Yeah. Any parting words as we jump into this? Nope, that's it. I'm excited for the conversation. Let's do it. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us today on the Monday Morning Pastor. Um, we, Bob and I, have had a chance to engage with some of your writings, and I had a chance to be one of your students uh, in seminary. Um, and so I know a bit about you, but could you tell us a bit about yourself and your calling? Sure. Uh, I love to give others a love for God's word. Uh, I've been teaching the Bible on some mm. capacity for 40 years. Uh, and yeah, on some level since my freshman, sophomore year in college. Um, so I love teaching the word of God. I, I did that with InterVarsity and campus ministry for, well, 14 years full time. Uh, then I stopped that. Um, my wife is actually still working with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. She kind of travels all over. Um, and, um, you know, we have two sons who are in their 20s doing different stuff. But um, I've been teaching Old Testament 
at what used to be Biblical Seminary now, which is when Doug was there, and now is a Biblical Seminary relocated into the city of Philadelphia. Um, I, I like to focus on kind of the tricky bits of the Bible. <laughs> Wrote a book called God Behaving Badly, um, looking at um, difficult and dark sections of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, wrote a, a commentary on, on the book of Kings. I'm working on a commentary on Chronicles and another one on Genesis. So I need to, I need to survive another 10 or 15 years to finish those two, two uh, commentaries. <laughs> but uh, I love talking about the emotions of God, and I think that's why I'm here. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think a great segue. We're going to, a lot of what we're doing, and, and that's what I appreciate so much about having you on, is that that book, God Behaving Badly, was so helpful. and. I feel like you were able to mm-hmm. really help uh, help me not run away from the hard, difficult sections of Scripture, um, which I'm reading through. I, I'm just about done Deuteronomy right now, and I'm I was just reading all of some of the fantastic laws, and I just thought, you know, I'm glad that I was equipped by someone that also sees these not as things that we just need to like explain away or get or get away from, but we have to we have to sit in the context of what it is, and so. Yeah, and today we get a chance to talk about your newest book, The Emotions of God, Making Sense of a God Who Hates, Weeps, and Loves. Um, and I think what's interesting is uh, emotions are are huge. So let's just jump into that topic. Like, what have you learned about God's emotions? Is is he emotional or does he have emotions? Which one is it? Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, I would say, um, yeah, both. <laughs> um he uh, has emotions and is emotional. I mean, I think one of the things that um, I've discovered, I mean, I, you know, I, I, tell, I tell a lot of stories, but I think a lot of us, maybe a lot of, maybe more males, uh, men than women, perhaps, in our culture that we're not sure what to do with emotions. Emotions are confusing, difficult, kind of hard to control. I mean, you know, a lot of us, <laughs> any of those of us who struggle with anger, uh, you know, kind of emotional outbursts. Um, and so we think, you know, emotions, weird, hard, con- hard to control, difficult, um, and kind of a, a little bit of a thumbs down on emotions. Um, and yet, as I read the Bible, I see the authors of Scripture often talking about, well, obviously God's love, God's compassion, you know, those are the emotions we, you know, God is love, we expect that. But a lot of other emotions, sorrow, um, anger, um, uh, jealousy, and, um, and even hatred. And so um, I, I encounter these texts, and I don't know what to do with it. And I think, <clears throat> depending on our theological traditions, I think some of our traditions have kind of encouraged us to, um, well, we don't want to talk about God in a way that is disrespectful. And because there is this kind of baggage or negative mm-hmm. perspective on some level with divine emotions, we either um, ignore the places that the Bible talks about God's emotions, or we somehow rationalize it that it's like, well, God is not really emotional. It just seems like he's emotional. Um, and um, certain types of theologians will use words like uh, it's anthropomorphic or maybe even anthropopathic because God is impassable. He is not able to be um, Humans can't do things to kind of get God emotional or something. And I understand that the strong desire Hmm. to have a high view of God, um, my problem with that is in our attempt to have a high view of God, ultimately, I think it's an unbiblical view of God 
um, and one that doesn't take the biblical text seriously, particularly the texts that talk about God's God and God's emotions. And the thing that I find fascinating is it's not like God is just emotional, but he talks about his emotions. In fact, he declares that emotions are a, mm. a big part of who he is um, in his self-revelations, mm. which I just think is fascinating. Yes, you're right. There are those people that kind of want to downplay or somehow make God's emotions, like you said, anthropomorphic or, or a metaphor or whatever. But there are people on the other side. I think there are, there are many people that talk about the emotions of God, and they often use it as an excuse for their own, say, anger. You know, well, Jesus overturned the, <laughs> the, the tables and, the, you know, their own tempers, their own wrath. Yeah. So I'm wondering, yeah. how do you think we should think about what we might call those negative emotions yeah. of God? How do we can, how, what do we do with those? No, that's a great question, Bob. Thank you for pushing into that hard um, aspect of, of this. And I, th I think that's a great point. And if people uh, are struggling with this, struggling to make sense of this, the, the first thing I'm going to say to them is, that's a great question. And I'm going to try to validate their hard questions. So well done mm -hmm. there, Bob, and pushing into that. Uh, just uh, uh, yeah, an anecdote. One of the times my wife was teaching um, Jesus clen cleansing the temple um, to a group of college students. Um, you know, they're, she's going through it, you know, and she just took the table that she was teaching, pens, oh cups, markers, Bibles, and she just flipped <laughs> it on its head. <laughs> and the students all freaked out because we study about this, but you don't do that. Um, and she was not doing it in anger. She was doing it to make a point. Um, but yeah. I do think... Um, in the sense that, likewise with my wife, Shannon, she was doing it intentionally for a, a reason. God displays emotions um, for a reason. And ultimately, the thing I would argue strongly is every time God displays an emotion, he's doing it, even these hard emotions, jealousy, um, hatred, or anger, that as we take um, uh, a step back, we can see that what is um, ultimately motivating God's displays of emotion is love. Um, the, the, most of us, I'll, I'll speak of myself. Maybe it's just me. Um, I have a hard time with my anger. It's hard for me to control anger. Now, maybe I'm really weird in this regard, but I suspect I may not be totally weird. Um, the thing I love about God, God gets angry. In fact, the text of scripture speaks about God being angry or his wrath almost as much of him as, as him being loving or compassionate. Mm -hmm. So this is a big part of who God is. Yeah. In the vast majority of these cases, when it speaks about God's anger, it talks about him being slow to anger. Mm -hmm. Anger is hard to control, but God controls it. And he gets angry, be I, again, because of love. Love is what is compelling his anger. And um, he is um, expressing it in ways to make it clear that this is something that he can control and he's doing for a reason. And I, likewise, any of these other kind of negative emotions, you know, I like to talk about the jealousy of God. God calls himself jealous in Exodus 20 mm -hmm. and in Exodus mm -hmm. 34. Um, but he's doing that in a context where his people have been worshiping other gods. And I, I want to tell 
there's a there's a, a downside to jealousy, certainly, um, and and certainly as we we kind of move into envy and some other aspects of jealousy. But I think, and I think I, I, what I've been reading about jealousy, kind of from a psychological or um, a more of a counseling perspective, there is a time and a place for healthy jealousy. Oh yeah, and God's jealousy, I would say, is healthy. It's it makes sense when God displays jealousy. And if, when I say, I can talk to my wife and say, hey, Shannon, my wife's name is Shannon. Hey, Shannon, um, you know, I am jealous for your time. Or um, mm-hmm. I don't, I understand why you have to travel. But when you travel as much as you do, that's hard on me because I love to be with you so much. And so I think there are ways, and this is, I, I would say, how scripture talks about God's jealousy. There are times and ways that we can talk about even some of these negative emotions to make it clear that, again, what is ultimately motivating these things that seem yeah. negative is, a, is positive emotions and ultimately love. Yeah, I think for too many of us, we've really conflated jealousy and envy. Yeah. And I think jealousy properly understood is, is something that you are due is going to to yes. someone else. Yes. Something that is rightfully yours. I had a, a theology professor that talked about he knew this missionary in in Switzerland who had begun to drive his wife to uh dancing lessons where she had a male partner and she and this male partner had begun an affair and the the husband continued to drive her to these things. He just didn't know how to how to confront or deal with it and in some ways, he was okay, and my theology professor just said he should have been jealous. Yes, that was the right place for jealousy. There is, and and that's how I've always understood God. You know, it's it's not that He's needy and right. wants our worship. It's right. that is that He knows that us worshiping Him, like He's the only thing we can worship that's not going to kill mm. us. It's Amen. not going to destroy us. And so when he gets jealous of our worship, um, it's for, it's out of love. And I love that you've connected anger with mm-hmm. love. Cause I, uh, it was a revelation for me when I began, especially when I had little kids and I would find myself really struggling with anger to start to question, why am I angry? Like what's going on here? And I, it, I realized that anger happens when something you love is threatened yeah yeah and yeah so it it's it's not a it's always a response uh to something you love and if you love the right things if god is angry uh it's because something he loves is is being threatened so i i'm just wondering as you have written this book and as you've thought about it like how does thinking about and understanding the emotions of God, just on a practical level, how does it impact our lives as Christ followers? What, what ought we to do with uh, an understanding of the emotions of God? How should that change us? Yeah, that's a, another great question. Thanks, Bob. Um, you know, there have been times in my life, <laughs> there have been times in my life <clears throat> where for one reason or another, I've, I've needed to. Um, well, I, I, I currently do um, meet with a spiritual director um, once mm-hmm. once a month, but t- other times in my life where I've talked to um, uh, counselors, um, just, you know, sleep issues, anxiety, stress issues, 
and a lot of us, you know, um, a lot of us uh, benefit from having some some form of maybe just close friends, small group, a place you can talk about what things are important to you. One of the things I found is writing this book, I did a lot of reflection on my life and my family, uh, thinking about myself and the, the, the depths of my experiences. Writing this book was, um, it was kind of like therapy for me. And I connected to my God on a deep, much deeper level than I had in, in some of the, in any of my other books that I'd written earlier, because I was thinking about some deep things about kind of who God, what makes God sad? Why is he sorrowful? Why does, why does Jesus weep um, when he's interacting with um, Mary and Martha uh, about the, the death of their brother, Lazarus? Um, and then places in the Old Testament where, you know, in Isaiah, where it says God weeps over this, um, these tragedies, that's these befalling people that he cares about. Um, and I think we all have emotions. Mm-hmm. And any, talk to any um, therapist or, or counselor, or psychologist, psychiatrist, and they'll say, it's healthy to talk about emotions. God talks about emotions. I'd say God models for us healthy processing of emotions. Um, mm. And as we, you know, the thing I like to say, I, I said a couple times in the book, we're called to be followers of Jesus. Mm. Jesus wept. Sometimes followers of Jesus will weep. You know, not all the time, but when it's appropriate. Again, um, as you were saying, Bob, when, when, when um, someone we love um, is hurt or in pain that we, that might cause us anger and that might uh, uh, maybe even a combination of anger and sorrow. And mm-hmm. I, I would say, as we look at God and think about God and God's emotions, we will get a glimpse because we're created in his image. We are God's image bears. We will get, we, it will help us make sense of our own emotions. As we talk about, you know, we do Bible studies or small groups or um, even just personal devotions where we, we're encountering an emotional God, as we talk about this with other people, it will help us make sense of our lives and our emotions. And I think it will make us more emotionally healthy people. And ultimately, mm-hmm. I think it will make us better followers of Christ. And yeah. so I think um, you read through the Gospels and look at all the times and ways that you know Jesus was um, saddened over the the hardness of heart mm. of the Pharisees and the scribes, obviously overturning the tables um, of um, you know the money changers in the temple. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he talks about he is sorrowful to the point of death. Um, and you know, the the Old Testament God, there's a lot of stuff there. Anything there, as we look at these places, that the text makes it very clear that. God is a, a deeply emotional person. We will learn more about our own emotions and we'll be able to be helpful to other people making sense of um, their pain, their joys, yeah. um, and their sorrows. That's really interesting to me. I'm wondering if you've if you've had different responses 
to these thoughts or to this book from from women than from men. And the reason I ask is is whenever we're talking about emotions, I always describe like my wife, if emotions were crayons, she's got that 64 pack of Crayolas that has the <laughs> sharpener in it. And it's like the, all the colors of the rainbow. And I've got the four pack that they give you with the kids menu at Denny's. Yeah. Like I've got red, green, blue, <laughs> and yellow. And I think a lot of men are like that. You know, it's like women just instinctively have this, like they know in, in the same way they know what periwinkle is. They know what they're feeling. And you ask the average guy, well, how do you feel about that? And he says, uh, I don't know. You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, so have you had a different response? And like, like what, what should guys do with the emotion of God specifically? The men no, that I are think, listening. That's a great question. I think um, a couple of things I would say. Um, I think generally that's really spot on um, in terms of, my experience, um, I think one of the things that's been hard for me is I, um, you know, I weep, I cry pretty quickly. Um, and when hmm. I was young, that was a source of great embarrassment for me. Hmm. As I've gotten older, I've realized one time I was at a, um, a sharing meeting my freshman year in college, and I was talking about my family and some tough stuff in my family. And I just started weeping in front of about 150 other people. And um, a bunch of women came up and told me how, how, how cool it was that I did this. And I thought, oh, wait a minute, there's something here. Now, again, I don't want to be the kind of person that becomes um, emotionally manipulative. And, and certainly yeah. emotions can be kind of leveraged. Although I do think, by and large, most speakers and pastors, maybe particularly men, don't overdo it when it comes to um, expressions of emotions. So yeah, I've had some, some guys, uh, you know, where I've talked to them about this. I do think, um, um, like, I talked to my wife about this. And, you know, again, she's got the 64 pack. And, you know, I, I really do have the, the four pack, um, uh, whatever. But I think I've realized, the other thing I've realized is, um, in the Bible, and even in my own life, Emotions, um, it's hard to distill, okay, that's anger, and that's jealousy, uh, and that's sorrow. In reality, we often, they're kind of mushed mm. together in a stew or a soup or mm. something, a concoction. And, um, and often, again, we see this in the Bible, too, that, you know, mm. anger and jealousy often go together. Um, yeah. So, I, um, I mean, it, it may be a little bit early in my process, Bob. Um, to give you a good, you ask me that question in a year after I've spoken on this uh, in a lot of churches and a lot of different contexts. But I think generally that's true. But it, there are a lot, there are some, there are a lot of guys out there, uh, maybe younger generations. My my son is a, uh, he studied psychology and in, in college he was a dual major and he read this over and he was very helpful to me um, yeah. in, through the different, the fine tune different types of emotions that people have. So, um, well, yeah, maybe this is for the IVP marketing folks, but, uh, knowing that most Christian books are, are purchased by women for men, huh. there's probably, uh, there's probably a follow-up or a study guide or something that's, that's like how to talk to your man about, 
<laughs> his emotions through the lens of the emotions of God. I'll bet there's something there. I, I like that. I'll, I'll make a note of that um, and, and talk to the mar- marketing folks uh, yeah, along those yeah. lines. But uh, yeah. yes, no, I think I think that's true. And again, I do know I, there. Are, I know there are a lot of people, maybe more men than women, but a lot of people out there that um, just don't understand emotions um, and mm. aren't sure what to do with them and kind of think of them as as generally negative. Um, yeah. But things have changed in, you know, even in, certainly in my lifetime and probably even the last 20 years, you know, you see more political figures um, and even men that we think of as kind of more macho um, talking about emotions and even emotions like sorrow, which can traditionally be thought of as a, as a weakness. Um, mm. And I think, which I think is just a really good thing. Again, the God of the Bible is deeply emotional, and certainly my my Lord and Savior Jesus, um, mm. well, he he wept at, at least twice, uh, despite yep. what we might think from you know the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Um, yeah, you have a problem with that with that Christmas carol. Tell us why we should not sing that this Christmas. Well, let's keep singing that Christmas carol, but you know, a lot of these Christmas carols needed to be updated. Um, and you know, and that's okay. You know, a, a number of the Christmas carols were translated from you know German or some other language. Yeah. But um, you know, other other, I I think it's appropriate when we realize, you know, wait a minute, no crying he makes right um, away in a manger. When we te- when we sing that, we're singing something that's a distortion um, yeah. of of the the character of Jesus. Um, Human babies. Big, cry. big Lord Jesus cried at least twice, and um, yeah. Hebrews makes it clear that that's kind of what he was yeah. known for. And mm. so I think I like to say, um, "Loud crying he makes" <laughs> uh, is how ah, I would change that. Just go. one word uh, instead of no, change it to loud. Loud crying he makes lungs lungs worthy of a future preacher, yes. right? Oh, um, nice. Because that's that's a healthy that's a healthy child. I mean, right when they're born. You you know you slap the butt and you you want to hear a good cry yeah. and that's a sign yeah and I let let I think that's a good thing so maybe maybe we'll I may be swimming upstream on that one but let's you no. know let's see if we can get get a oh, yeah, we're 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 with you. I mean that. I never liked that song anyway um but <laughs> okay <laughs> no but you know it's interesting because I feel like what what's happening as even as you're talking about this it's like there's this there's this image that many of us have of God being very still, very quiet, very reserved, you know, not, not like never really showing emotion. And it was interesting. I I was leading a youth retreat a few weeks ago. um, uh, And I had such an amazing time. And we were actually looking at Luke five, just that little line when it says, and Jesus often withdrew to wild places to pray. And mm-hmm. in my brain for the last 30 years, I had this picture in my mind of like Jesus, like quietly going into the desert, like very solitude, but then hanging out with a bunch of 15 through 17 year olds on a retreat. Mm. I had this moment of like, no, that's probably what it was like. There was probably a lot of laughter. Yeah. There's probably a lot yeah. of joy. Like if, if, yeah. if he, if, if, if Jesus is connecting with his father, it's not just serious all the time. And it was like yeah. such this wide open space for me to begin to think through, like, again, the emotions, I, uh, same here. Like I've been, uh, I meet once a month with my spiritual director, Owen, and some of the major work that, that I've been doing has been around emotions. And, um, he has shared with me the, 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 the famous Willard quote, you know, 
emotions make terrible masters and great servants and how they become these 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 teachers for us to begin to lean in to see what God is up to but but my question for you is like how has this journey in looking at the emotions of God how's that changed the way that you've seen that that you see God now wow that's deep um I think since I've started, I mean, you know, people ask me how long it takes to write a book. Um, and, you know, I could give one answer. I'd say, well, maybe a year, 18 months or something. But usually I say something like, well, I'm 60, maybe 60 years. Um, and I would say, so I've, in some ways I've been writing this book for a long time. I tell stories of my childhood. I tell stories of um, times in college. Um, so all along the way, I feel like, I mean, I, again, I would just say it's almost like God's been my counselor. Mm. Um, I, I love the section after Elijah has this amazing victory over the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel in 1 Kings 18. And uh, Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you, uh, you know, take a hit out on the, this poor prophet. He runs away in fear and he's depressed, uh, sits under the broom tree. And God just starts counseling him, hmm. um, asking him questions. You know, uh, what are you doing, Elijah? And then he, Elijah kind of vents a little bit and kind of feels sorry for himself. But, um, you know, again, another, another wilderness mm -hmm. experience, right? Um, but God meets him, asks him questions. And I think as I've, you know, particularly in the last year and a half or so, a couple of years working on this book, I feel like... Um, I, it's just I've I've become less embarrassed about being an emotional person, and um, I think I worked through some of this when I was in college and probably in my early um, years in ministry. Um, but you know, there have been times even when I've been teaching at seminary where I would weep in class. Not and again, <laughs> I'm not a big weeper in the sense that I do this a lot, but um, and then I would always be embarrassed afterwards. But I've just you know, students would come up to me afterwards and say, thank you, Dr. Lamb. Um, it was great to see your struggles. And it was great to see your um, willingness to just be real and authentic and vulnerable. And even it just deeply caring um, about whatever this situation that prompted my tears. And so I think um, I'd say, you know, God has been my counselor in this process as he's given me an example of what it means to be an emotionally healthy person and um and just kind of making sense of my own life and emotions so i i don't know i i i i'm definitely a work in progress um the one of the things i'm really looking forward to is there's the hard work of writing the book and then over the course of the next couple of years i get to teach on it um, I have been teaching on it both at my church and our small group um, and other places, but I'm looking forward to doing more podcasts um, and talking um, and teaching on the emotions of God in churches and seeing kind of what God has in store for me and how he is going to continue this process of healing and therapy in my, in my journey together. So um, th this is a story that's not finished yet. That's good. It's, I, and I, I think I really appreciate your answer because it, it's almost like you're right. I, I can think back to um, one of the first classes I had at Biblical 
uh, was with um, Steve Taylor. And Steve started teaching on the, um, he started teaching on uh, the prodigal son and he just lost it. Like he could not catch his composure. And he yeah. just stopped. He's like, guys, class is dismissed. We were like two hours. I mean, you know, uh, the lead program was like, I think it was like nine hours once a week or something. It was, it was really long. It was great. But it was just like class was over because it just was over. I mean, you could just tell that it's uh-huh. just beautiful when you see the Lord uh, just moving in someone's heart in an emotional way. I think there's something. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I just want to encourage pastors too to be like, it, it doesn't mean that you're broken. It actually means that you're human. And that is so much closer to following the real Jesus than the one that we've made in our heads. And so I wanted yes. to ask you this question. How do you sense God feels about pastors on Monday morning? Wow. I mean, again, maybe it can be a little bit like uh, Elisha, Elijah, sorry, on Mount Carmel. Um, God comes after us and wants to be with us. And God always wants to be with his people. I mean, you were talking about the prodigal son, the the, the father, the prodigal father, you know, um, runs out after his son. So whether we are um, pursuing him or even running away from him, uh, I think God always wants to be with us. Um, And God is okay. God is okay. God wants, God wants us to weep with those who weep and and literally laugh with those who laugh. And so on Mondays, uh, as, as pastors or anyone who can may be, may feel a little bit burned out um, uh, ministry over the weekends, God just wants to be with you and hope, I hope you are in a place where you are able to say, this is where I am. Um, This is how I feel. And whatever you feel, Jesus felt it too. And um, again, read the Psalms, right? The Psalms talk about the joys, the heartbreaks, um, the anger, the hatred, Um, uh, all of those emotions that we feel. Um, appear in the Psalms. And, you know, again, the Psalms are interesting. They're usually the voice of the psalmist, but occasionally you get God's voice in the Psalms as well. And, and we see, we see both the psalmist, you know, and often David and and maybe other people as well, but the psalmist just expressing these emotions and God expresses these emotions back and certainly in the prophetic literature. So I, I don't know, Mondays, whenever you're down, God wants to be with you, and God wants to hear from you, process you to, with you, and speak to you, and um, validate your emotions, and um, and He's okay with that because He's been there. Certainly, Jesus has. Would you leave us with a benediction today? Certainly, certainly. Um, God, I pray that you would be blessing anyone listening to this podcast God bring a a, a blessing a a deep um, sense from everyone to everyone listening to this that um, you love them Um, you are jealous for them you want their um, their passion their love uh, all of the things all of your emotions you are angry Lord for these, any of these listeners, when they are hurt by the people that have hurt God, the full display of your emotions, you, you channel them 
towards your people and God, particularly any pastors out there who are, who are struggling. God, bless them, come alongside them, be with them. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.